All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. We're recording Thursday. Group 1 Racing is back down south. We're going to see Mr. Brightside going around. Very short quote, so we're going to have a little in-depth look at that towards the end of the show. Likewise, like we normally do, we always look at uh, Sydney. We are the Sydney form people. Uh, but yeah, very short. Mr. Brightside going around. CF Or is happening. The Millennium is on. And then next week, we're straight into the Lightning and stuff. So it is the exciting time of racing. There's been some big deals going around in the horse racing industry, none bigger than Stormboy. Kohai is with me today. Tommy is still overseas. Gallivanting must be nice, but Koei, what about this deal? It's 50 million plus, some saying up to 60 if it wins all these races. Pretty ridiculous. Must be nice to have a share. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but at the same time, if it wins the Triple Crown for two-year-olds, I mean, it's probably warranted, I guess, to a certain degree. You see a lot of these, I mean, I think the Triple Crown itself hasn't been won that many times overall, so it is quite a rare feat as it is, and if rumours are true of how good this horse is, its career it started to be a real long one. I'd say the owners will probably sell out if it happened to win, even, I guess, even just the slipper in itself, if, if it wins that, it's almost guaranteed to get, what, 30 or 40 million straight off the back of that, so... Everything after that, yeah, it's going to be nice to have the winner's trophy and everything else. But I think the overall plan for this horse going forward will be it's going to spend a long time in stud. And, well, it's just the luck of the draw and the, the connections are just... <laughs> it, lucky is just an understatement, really, isn't it? Like, it's just you buy in and you hope to God it does something and it's done everything right thus far and... Oh, the sky's the limit at this stage. But, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we'll see too much of it as a three-year-old at this stage. Yeah, so a $3 favourite for the slipper. So if it goes on and takes out the produce and the champagne, uh, the owners are going to be very, very, very happy. But, yeah, I mean, what can you do? Win the Magic Millions and win the other one up in Queensland and now you're up for a stack. And there's always a good story with Gay where she got rid of the last couple of shares at the pub, which is... um. Fucking pretty awesome. She can come down the sands anytime she wants and let us know. Um, what else is happening, mate? How did you go last weekend? Any winners? Tough week. I think all my tips, I think I got a placing in every single one with a couple of winners, but it was a nightmare. A lot of bonus bets. Tough week, but at the same time, I broke even by the end of the day. So I think that suggests to me that, like, I think we're all on the mark, but it was just... Oh, yeah, there was a run of seconds and a run of bonus bets, but I think it was just about where to put the the bigger chunk of the money. And um, luckily for me, I did get out of jail a couple of times and then just put the cue straight back in the, the rack soon after. <laughs> race race nine, I don't think I even played out race 10. I think I went to race nine. I went, that'll do me. Thank you very much. I will try and improve from that next week. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bloody frustrating day, but we start with Group 1 Racing down south. We'll touch on a couple of those races towards the end of the show, uh, particularly Mr. Brightside in the CF4, but we are going to focus Randwick. We're going to skip two races just because we don't agree on anything. We don't agree, but we're just not interested in uh, the midway and the highway, so... Kick it off with the Lonro plate, uh, listed for two-year-olds, youngsters. Uh, Anode is the short favourite here. T- coming out of 12, Hieronymus is on. Another one for the Waterhouse stable. It must be nice having all these two-year-olds, the Waterhouses. Um, $2.10. But Celerity is there on the second line of betting. If you remember Celerity last week, scratched at the gates. 
J-Mac got himself, did himself a mischief. It's at $4.60. Timmy Clark gets the ride this time, drawn wide again in 10. Embassy is there for Tommy Berry. The 300 is there as well at 12 bucks. Castagna at 12s as well. We got bigger odds for the rest of them. But, uh, mate, Waterhouse Stable, another decent two-year-old looks like. No, definitely. Um, it's win. First up, its debut, should I say, back in December was good. Despite being a small field, the times and margins were good. I think, once again, the the draw doesn't worry me too much. It's drawn the car park, the widest of them all, but I think that could very much play in their favour. It's a classic Waterhouse bot type. It pings the lids and then just goes forward and... He'd have an uninterrupted run to his left, so he'd just keep going straight until he can just overtake everyone and then cross over to the fence and hope to hold, and I'd say that's probably likely. Um, there is a couple of you know, horses that could definitely hunt up for the lead in the likes of Embassy and maybe even Capital uh, Dancer, but I think I'm pretty comfortable to say that it will hold the fence, and it's already got the runs on the board, which is, I guess, the big tick. Hippo sticks, and we just spoke about uh, Storm Boy. Uh, imagine if a node and Storm, Storm Boy got in, I'd say Hippo would immediately gravitate to Storm Boy. So TC probably lands the right on a node and the sleeper in long term, long term wise. But I think it's going to be really hard to beat. I just think the two lead up trials coming into this have been good. Most recently, a nice win at Warwick Farm. Easy piece of work, but with quick times. Embassy, the Snowden runner, I think could be... I mean, it is only a trialer. It's going to be debuting on Saturday. I think it could be the slight danger with the draw and Tommy Berry on board. But saying that, I am pretty confident that a node will probably salute in this little listed affair. And I think the bookies have got it right. I, I do think the bookies have got it right. And uh, we'll touch on the Millennium a little bit later. And these two-year-old races can be a handful to dissect, especially with these first starters. But as for this race, the only other form line that comes into play is the Switzerland form line with Castagna. And yes, Switzerland was pretty, pretty good on debut. Castagna came second by two and a half lengths behind him. And he came from the back of the field. So if the track plays fair, I see it running on. But I think a node's just going to be too too speedy up front and just take the opening or the second race of the guard. Interesting to see how it goes. It's 34 bucks now on the slipper. Um, all right. Well, you got to look like, especially if you like some of these. Lady Camelot went around at $2 last weekend. And if you liked it for the slipper, you could have got 26 bucks. They rounded in all the way into about eight or nine bucks too, which was pretty surprising. But all right, a node, $2.10. We go to race number three. This is where another wheel is a favourite. This is the jockey that I actually don't know. Uh, Coe mentioned him before. Dylan Brown McMongle, McMonagle. Don't know him, but he's riding for the Ma stable. Uh, another wheel is favourite. It's $2.60, open two nineties. Come in just a touch. Keep an eye on dual noms too. Canterbury is obviously still going. There's going to be a couple throughout the uh, round week meeting. Hell hath no fury is at four sixty on the drift. Infinitive Karen riding eight dollars into fives. Nana's wish at sixes. Double figures for the rest of them. Coe, you know much about this jock? Not a whole lot. We had to do a little bit of digging and everything else in between. And he must be, you know, stabling with Kieran Maher at this stage. He's been riding down south in Victoria. This kind of the last 
I'm not even sure how long exactly, but it must be the last couple of months thereabouts anyway. And well, his strike rate's actually quite extraordinary. So definitely one to keep out on. Uh, I think in the last 50, he's had 10 winners on board Kieran's horses or on horses in general. And then another further, what's that, 18 placings on top. So his strike rate's quite extraordinary. And he knows how to fill, you know, the miners if it comes down to it. So he represents Ma on this lightly race filly, uh, sorry, gelding, another wheel. And normally I don't know what to do with these little benchmark 64 midweekers that come up to Sydney on a Saturday, but it it appears that he's got a really progressive type here. He's kind of only had the four starts where it's gone second, win, third, win. It was in a small field of sand down last start and absolutely spaced the field so you know three and a half uh uh three and a half length margin on the day it was sp very strong well it's actually got a really strong sp profile to start with it's last three runs it's run favorite so it'll be four in a row it runs favorite and two of the occasions it's run uh with one so i think the money is probably correct i just don't know how to measure that form uh, probably a hard one to beat, but I am happy to have something small on Nana's Wish, 54 kilos, barrier five. It'll be up on speed or thereabouts again. Um, the 15.50 at Randwick Kensington last start was good. Steps up, oh, well, 50 metres, which shouldn't be an issue. We've got, uh, who's riding it? Sorry, uh, it's Dylan Gibbons on board. Yeah. It's definitely for me, it's definitely looking like a Mark Quinella, and I reckon that's probably the play. Outside of that, Hell Hath Night, Fury, and Infinitive, both from the Wallace stable. Oh, sorry, one's from Annabelle, Hell Hath No Fury, in the yes, uh, Bloodstock Colours. Was good, last start winning in front of Infinitive. Midweek form, but definitely one that's progressive enough, can follow. Small field, should be thereabouts again. But uh, I... Just don't like the f- current SP of another will, so I'm just going against it and just having a something smaller than Nana's wish. Yeah, it's been going around very short. Last start, dollar forty when it won at Sandown. But if you like that, you go the other one, the other mass stable, six bucks for Dylan Gibbons. All right, skipping race four, heading to race five, and this is where we got gently rolled. Zach's riding for Bryce Hayes, four sixty into two ninety. There's no scratching, see, which is good. How good are you on the drift? Uh, Amy McLucas and Gay Waterhouse, two eighty out to fours. We got Dakota Room, Tommy, and the Wallers. That's obviously coming off a couple of wins at uh, Canterbury. So four dollars. Rupert is there at nine fifty. We're double figures. The rest after light is there. Karen's riding actually. Thought it ran pretty well. I think it was last week or last week. Last week, uh, after like ten bucks, uh, Karen gets a ride. What are your thoughts, mate? Leaning towards how good are you at this stage? I think it's just going to be a, a go forward horse. Two kilos off with Amy McLucas. Two trials leading up into this. They've been, you know, really softly held and just light pieces of work. It must be rock hard fit. Um, last preparation was. Eye-catching. It was very progressive. Uh, was running in three-year-old benchmark 72s mid, midweek and then eventually uh, went, I think, six runs in that preparation. And then its second last start, it beat, a, would say, a smart enough horse in Marques who's going to be running on Saturday in the latter races. And I think that form is pretty strong. It was actually a pretty strong race. Benchmark 78 over the 1,800. This is obviously 1300 where it's going to be starting a little bit on the shorter side of the trip, but 
one from one uh, first up. The connections that have applied the tongue tie probably to make it settle in the run a little bit better. It's got, you know, barrier one. It's going to get favours in the run. A uh, lot of upside, I think. So I'd definitely be uh, putting something on how good are you. As for the rest, this field can definitely diminish. Um, with the Canterbury dual acceptances, I think Rupertar, Electrica and Royal Invader are all nominated and accepted at Canterbury on Friday. So definitely keep an eye out. Um, I do personally think that Royal Invader is a good bet it, at Canterbury. I think it is running a $4 favour right now, so I think that's a good bet. Uh, as for this race, looking around it, Gently Rolled was really good. It was it, it was only a midway, you know, a couple of weeks back where it came from back of the field and almost got the chocolates, but it was just too far back on that occasion. This this field probably suits. Everyone should settle where they pretty much want to. I'd say How Good Are You and Rupert are probably stick on to set the speed and uh, Gently Rolled probably finds... Two or three pairs back, one out, and it should get a really economical run. It is a progressive horse. I think from oh, it's extremely consistent, put it that way. And Bryce Hayes, I rate him highly uh, when he brings these kind of midweek horses into City Saturday grade, and he's got a great little success rate as well. Like a, his percentage is actually really good, and he ESPs really well. But I just do think that that Saturday form from last preparation with How Good Are You is where I want to be. So I'll be backing it, probably closely followed by Gently Roll, and then just check for scratchings on the day. Yep, keep an eye on scratchings. Ignore the drift. How Good Are You? It's out to $4. Good price. Race number six is the Eskimo Prince. $4.60 for Caballus. Uh, this horse is ridden by Josh Parr. Had a good win at Rose Hill last start too. I think it won by over a length. So $4.60, good odds. But this is a strange race. We've got seven. And we're aiming from four sixty for Caballus and out to $7, which is the roughie of the field. So Moravia is there at fives. Griff at five fifty. Tom Kitten at six. NCAP at six. Celestial Legend at seven. Macarena at seven. Uh, very hard to split them, Coey. Where'd you land? Extremely hard to split them because, I mean, this field is actually... Despite being so small, it's full of quality. Um, these three-year-olds are extremely progressive. It is probably an understatement. Um, you, we saw Tom Kitten get a spring champion over 2,000 last last preparation, which is a Group 1 level. We saw plenty of plenty of NCAP, who was, you know, not the bridesmaid because he did win the, um, the Ming Dynasty, but saying that came second in the Golden Rose, third in an up-and-coming behind Tom Kitten, and even fifth in the tap Craig. So extremely, you know, strong. And it's hard to split a lot of these because a lot of these are going to find the 1,200 metres quite sharp, I think. Um, saying that, I think Moravia is kind of where I've landed. Um, I just think that its lead-up trial was good. Last preparation, I think the camp was – were pretty darn, you know, not confident, but like it, they were bold enough to go to a Coolmore start down at um, Flemington where Osmosis won. And I think it's right up to that level of sprinter, Moravia, with Osmosis. It's just they didn't get the luck in the run and probably just didn't like the straight running, to be absolutely honest with you. So it's kind of a horses for courses, that old Flemington straight. So I'm happy to put a pen through it. Um, we get to see this horse go back to 1,200 metres, one from one first up, Tommy Berry sticks, 
It's got a nice, uh, mid-draw, which shouldn't be an issue. Uh, I think its best runs last preparation was over the shorter trips, 1,100 metres and 1,200 metres. Uh, more so the 1,200, where it was placed behind Cylinder by uh, pretty much a head, which I think is a strong form line to follow. Happy to follow it here. And I think, I mean, it's hard to find value in the market because it's so close together with, you know, it's like 460 to $7 is... I think the bookies don't know where we should be, you know, putting our money. So in this case, I think Moravi is the the cult that I want to be short course. Uh, outside of that, I'm just expecting, you know, more progression from the likes of Macarena who won the Tap Craig, even Celestial Legend. I mean, it ran in a um, Roman co- hotly contested Roman console last start, uh, last preparation behind King's Gambit, Mexico, a couple of real good three-year-old sprinters and you know it was only a little under two lengths behind and so it could definitely be a sneaky place chance and as for the rest like Kebalas, i think it's coming from a it's the only one that's had to run this preparation so it's got fitness edge but coming out of a benchmark 72 where wallender is winning form as we saw last saturday I don't think Wallender is up to this class, so I'm happy to lay Kabbalos at this stage. Yeah, it, it's a tricky little race, but I've landed for Moravia at this stage. Yeah, it's bloody hard to separate them. Um, all right, Moravia, Tommy, to get it done. Race number seven is the expense, oh, expensive, big prize money, $2 million bucks. English Millennium for the youngsters, $3.40 you're getting for fully lit Regan Bayless for the Waterhouses for a change. $3.40. Odinson is there at uh, 5 bucks. We got Rue de Royale is six fifty into fives. We've got Trunk into eight fifty. Zesterman. Uh, ben Mellum is riding. That's at out of twelve. It's on the drift out to tenths. And then we're double figures for a lot of them. That's a big, big field. Coey, where'd you land? This is a pretty tough one. It's extremely tough, and uh, like I mentioned with the Lonro plate, it's we're seeing a lot of horses resuming off the back of one start, maybe last year, or they're just debuting. So it makes it extremely hard to really pinpoint. And like I think, fully lit. The, uh, I'm only suspecting a lot of the money has come because it's a, uh, I guess, racing syndicate that it's involved with. A lot of those syndications with you know micro shares all the punters get involved and I think the money's gravitated early to it. So if you like fully lit, I would probably suggest to back it close to race time. I think it should drift out big field like this and it being, you know, what is it? two fifty two seventy? I think that's just too short for it. Uh, especially drawn barriers. Yeah. Full, fully fully lit, lit, 340. 340. Even then I think I'd be suspecting it should hit about $4, maybe even a little bit more generous 420 or something like that. I just think that um, Barrier 17, we know how this horse runs. It runs forward and it will try to hold the fence. But I think in terms, Barrier 17, it's just going to have a lot more work to do to settle forward where it likes to sit. And yes, its win last start was really good. It won by close to three lengths, but had the favours of Barrier 6. And the horses it competed against, none of it, we're English sales horses, but are not running in this race. So it's hard to measure that form. Yes, I do suspect that it will probably be thereabouts. I'd say it still figures top four, top five, that kind of thing. But, yeah, the, the barrier and the price is kind of 
not where I want to be. I'd rather be with the likes of your Odinson, your Ruda Royales, who also have runs on the boards. I think more more particularly, I want to be with Ruda Royale, how it finished. Big field like this, there's going to be a lot of high pressure. We saw how well Ruda Royale closed last start uh, in the Golden Gift behind Shangri-La Express, who's very, very well specced in the uh, Golden Slipper market. So barrier attention being an issue. I think it just settles a little bit, a touch closer, probably, you know, fall back with a bit of cover. I think it should get a nice little time, you know, sitting off the speed of what I think is going to be a hot speed. So I'd want to probably put a couple of bucks on Rue de Royale. Trunk is an interesting runner from the Yulong. Gain, uh, Gain Adrian Stable as well. TC on board. It's trial was really soft and nice. It, the way it closed the line behind Shangri-La Express and Prost, who was the favourite last week in the two-year-old race. I don't mind that. Yes, it's only run to date has been in the Geelong two-year-old race where I have no form line to note really in the grand scheme of things. But the way it was trucking into that trial was really nice. So definitely keep safe. And obviously the early money suggests that the camp slash owners have a little bit of hope with this runner. And just something small on this Queenslander. Elmore Zillow from the Kelly Schwerter stable. Zach Lloyd to ride. Nice win at Sunny Coast. Over a 1,000 metres. It's going to be fitter for the run and could figure from Barrier 7. So, yeah, I'm leaning towards Rue de Royale at the moment, but it, a wide-open race. Massively wide-open race. We go to race number eight for the 1,000-metre dash. Interesting runner in Frilled. So, Frilled is obviously, not obviously if you didn't know, but it's uh, undefeated, five from five, had some runs. Uh, Nara Kembla, and then a couple at Mooney Valley. Now back to Sydney. Karen gets the ride. It's on the drift, though. It's 240 out to 270, but it's looking for six on the straight. Omni-Man is there. Hasn't had a ride for a while, a couple of trials. Derry Grove obviously had the win up on the Goldie, which was a cracker. Uh, just by, oh God, must be a nostril, but Tommy gets the ride. That's had a couple of bucks for it. Tens into sevens. Barber's there at $8. Brudenell on the drift. Friendless fives. Out to as much as 11. And then we're out to Renusu, Babel, Keyla. Argo, a bunch of the others, but what do you make of this runner, Coey? Are you sticking with the undefeated one? Mm, I just don't trust its form line completely. Chris and I were talking about this yesterday. The 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 two trials have been nice, but at the same time, you look at its prior form. Yes, it has probably come back in better shape as a four-year-old, a late-season four-year-old now, and, you know, it's five from five, so winning form is great form, but it's been running in 955 Mooney Valley Sprints in, you know, 78 Company, Mayor's Company, and then so forth. Uh, I just, it's definitely a horse that I, I want to see run rather than take the shorts for it. So I'm happy to bet around it. Um, I've landed definitely on, what was it, Omni Man. I think its first up record's great. Yes, it's drawn a little bit awkward in seven, but it's got speed to burn this horse. Comes out of stakes, grade company, last preparation. I think it's more progressive than the current favourite, Frilled. I think that if you were to follow, oh, look back at its performances, last preparation, we've got it winning at Randwick, Randwick Kensington, Rose Hill, behind, uh, in front of Dragonstone Sweet Ride, and came second behind Sweet Ride, uh, two starts back at Mooney Valley in a benchmark 100. I think... In terms of weighting the horse, I think five kilos 
isn't enough, or it's actually six kilo difference isn't enough between Frilled and Omni Man. I think Omni Man's just a superior animal. Obviously, performs really well fresh. TC booking is obviously positive. So I'm sticking with Omni Man for the tick. Uh, Frilled, we've already touched on. Derry Grove won the syndicate in good fashion. Can expect to perform again. Barrier six, definitely the overs play. Has a decent second up form. Barber definitely could benefit from the uh, the hot speed, what I suspect is be a hot speed in this race. So watch out for it. But, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable to say Omni-Man's one of the better bets of the day. All right. Take Omni-Man. We go to race number nine. Amor Victorious is the favorite. No jock yet uh, for the Bjorn Stable. 280 into $2.25. Good go. Marquise is there. 280. Zach gets the ride for Godolphin. Floating 750. Principessa. Jay Ford riding for Joe Pride on the inside at 12, but it was 8. So a bit friendless out to there. Lord Ardmore is 14. We got a bunch of others. My old, my, my old mate, man's always big roughy. But Amor Victorious. A bit worried about the no jock, Coey. I'm actually not sure if it's nominated elsewhere. Is it Canterbury as well? I'm actually not sure. But not really worried. I think it's definitely a Saturday great horse. It won well and was backed well last start at first up. Not so on, can definitely... Uh, just Ramwick. Just Ramwick. So, yeah, definitely curious of why there is no jockey. But nonetheless, I think second up, that run was really good first up. Won com- comprehensively in a well, Saturday grade field. Stadio Mistala obviously went on to win last, well, last Saturday. So the form sticks true. I think it should suit the 1600. I think it, the step up in trip should be all right. I think it will benefit definitely from a fitness edge anyway. Um, so I'd, I've got nothing really bad to say about Amor Victorious. The others to obviously consider, I think. There's a couple, actually. I don't mind Diamil's work in that tr- most recent trial behind Alligator Blood. I think it looks rock-hard fit, ready to peak, not peak, but ready to come into this preparation nice and fresh and go deep into it. Manzois, I think it's going to be a touch, touch. No, I mean, not sharp, but it's not the most winning horse, Manzois. I know that uh, Derby definitely helped us financially, but since then it hasn't really done much, so definitely a watch first up for me. Uh, the interesting runner, Marquez, is the obvious danger. 52 kilos, rock bottom weight, performed extremely well and consistent last preparation in the, I guess, the winter, early spring, where it was tipped out to have, a, I guess, a good go in this autumn. So, obviously, the camp has some thoughts on it, but I just think the price is a little bit on the short side. And Floating had a nice win at Randwick, you know, two weeks ago. From the well, midfield, thereabouts, where it closed late and rolled Kibosh in Louisville, but I just don't like the step down and trip to 1600. I think it is more of a 2000, 2000, maybe even a touch further, to be absolutely honest. So I don't know what they're, they're pursuing there and confuses me a little bit. So I think a more victorious is going to be extremely hard to beat. Marquez warrants its respect, and the one that I want to keep safe is Dymel. All right, keep an eye on that. Just had a message from Tommy, and no idea where he is in the States, uh, hopefully in Vegas or something, but I asked him for his best, and he said Dakota Vroom, which uh, I think you put how good are you on top, but Tommy's gone Dakota Vroom. No idea why he'd be doing form at this time in the States right now, but 
Good to see him um, still having a look. All right, race number 10, last of the day there. Tintuki is fave, $3.30. Coming in just a touch, just check-in deduction. Massive deduction. Cabalas was in here. I'm going to ignore all the flux. It's $0.34. Cents. Jesus. All right. Tintuki is a favourite at three thirty. She's an all-star at four sixty. Mrs. Chrissy at fives. Bellinger's at six. We go double figures for so good, so cool. Fire Apicabella Sun. Munitions. This is actually a pretty tough one, Koei. Tintuki, I thought, was uh it's had really good two runs. Um it was they were both against our Coberson, once getting it getting the chockies, but the other one came a relatively close second, I think. But are you with a fave in the last? I don't know if I can be with the fave in the last. I think yeah, it's been really, really good. Uh, one of the better runners from the Witted Stable at the moment. Two starts, been rock solid. One of you know first up and came second the second up. So extremely consistent and various suits, K-Max sticks. So yeah, lots of like. It seems progressive, but I don't know. I think three thirty. I would have been betting a little bit higher than that personally. So in this benchmark seventy eight, I don't mind. She's an A-lister. I think it gets the run of the race. To be absolutely honest. Two wins on the board, this preparation, running extremely well, despite, you know, it being, I think it was a midweek last start. Um, but barrier one, I think it just sits off the coattails of the leaders and there could be a little bit of speed up front. So it should just get the economical run and just needs a little bit of luck for Tommy to just find the splits late and just run home. So I think 460 is a reasonable price for it. Miss Mrs. Chrissy is a really, really interesting horse. Uh, I opened tens, and like you said, there's plenty of deductions, but there is still money for it. It's five bucks now, and could entertain. But I, yeah, I just don't know how its form really, really ties into this. And one at odds that I don't mind is so good, so good, uh, so cool. If they run the gauntlet early, uh, if their speed up front is extremely hot, I think so good, so cool is good enough to run them. Fifth up from back of the field and just launch late over the top of them with Dylan on board. So I think so good, so good at 11 bucks. I can definitely entertain each way. But, yeah, she's an A-lister for me. All righty. She's an A-lister. I think I said she's an all-star. But, uh, all right, that is Ranwick. Um we're going to have a little bit of a chat with a special guest coming up about uh, Melbourne. We're not going to go too in-depth, but we'll go over a couple of their main rides. And keep an eye out there is uh, obviously dual noms and stuff. I think another wheel that we mentioned earlier is the favourite down there in race three. So it's always fun when these uh, these big stables put horses everywhere and we have no idea where they're going. But uh, time for Melbourne. Alrighty, time to talk Melbourne racing. I had a message from a fella during the week and told me that he was going to tip the card. So we thought he'd get him. He's just come off a little romantic walk down in Manly. So we'd get him, thought we'd get him in halfway through the podcast, talk a bit, a little bit of Caulfield. But welcome back, Chris. It has been a little while. You were here during spring. How are you, mate? Confidence is high, I hear. Yeah, you blokes just forget about me when I'm not around. Like the, the racing goes away from Melbourne. You just don't want to know me. But. I am well. It is good to be back. Uh, I was very bullish looking at the noms uh, on Tuesday for Caulfield. I got very excited. I believe I said to someone that I could tip 10 from 10. I will not do that, I imagine, but I am very confident. And it's exciting to have good horses back. We say the carnival goes for a real long time, but um, we still get to see these good horses back and have some good stuff to bet on and NFL is winding down. So uh, I am excited. I'm pumped up. Love it, love it. Kohai, how about your confidence down in Melbourne? You know we're both New South Wales operators, but have you had a look at the uh, Victorian form? Oh, bits and bobs, but I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way to be 
labelling, uh, looking at the nominations and everything else, I think the only noms I looked at was for the CF4 and the field unfortunately kind of diminished off the nominations, but it's still a nice little field and uh, I'd like to hear Chris's thoughts. And just a quick special mention, uh, Chris and I were meant to be out tonight, but uh, we've been red flagged, haven't we, uh, Chris? I. Yeah, we got brushed. What's doing? We were filthy. I was ready to go. I have been a good boy for a couple of weeks, so I was ready to rip and tear, but just delayed it a day or two. So that's all right. We'll make up for it when we get the chance, Kohai. Is this our friend no, Alex Nolan? Oh, you betcha. And uh, I have uh, good information that he has been – so long story short, for those that don't know, Alex Nolan, uh, a resident Queensland guru, um, he's getting – well, yeah, two head. He is getting married in May, and long story short, he is down here for a suit fitting slash bucks party. And I have good good information that uh, he and his uh, groomsman slash old man have been drinking since six thirty this morning. And uh, I can uh, I can only imagine the state that he is in right now. So. I will see him probably tomorrow, Arvo, or all day Saturday. So it'd be good to catch up. But yeah, um, he is in all sorts of trouble. Good man. I think uh, from a couple of years ago when he lived down in Sydney, you or Tommy have one of the funniest videos of him trying to hail down a cab or a tram. What do you thought? Thought it was, but very, very good stuff. All right, we go CF four time. Group one racing is back. Mister Brightside is a dollar and eighty five favourite coming out of four. Willow aboard. Pride of Jenny is there. Six fifty V eight is there. Pericles a tissue. Munamek, Ayrton, Bustler, and Buffalo River. Now Chris mentioned to me the other day that he is probably not having Mister Brightside on top. Uh, in my head, I'm thinking leadings wise, is Buffalo River going to lead? It's obviously forty one dollars drawn the inside. In my head, it might lead and kick up. Pride of Jenny might have something to say about that. Mr. Brightside might just sit there, wait, pounce right at the end. I don't know. But, Chris, take it away. Who's going to win? How's it going to play out? Yeah, look, I was keen to take on Brightside from the noms, and just the early price for this race was ridiculous. I think I saw $1.70 uh, in the all-in market, and I saw the noms, and I thought the noms are quite strong. So I was really keen to take him on but then the way the field shaped out after acceptances and the barry draw i have him on top and pretty confident actually i was running through the field which i'll do just really quickly so i think pride of jenny will definitely lead just look at like if you look at what she did in the spring like there's no way she's they're going to go away from that now first up 1400 meters at caulfield late in the day is a different kind of test. So I was not keen on her, even though I love the way she does it. And then after that, it kind of falls away pretty quickly. V8 is not one of mine. The race it came out of at Mooney Valley two weeks ago rated very poorly. And I've been sailing this thing. I've been saying this thing is like a mile, like a meter horse, and they've been running it over 1,200 meters. And until it gets to 1,600, 2,000, I just do not want to bother it. It's just, he's the most dour cult like I've seen. And I'd love to see him over 2,000 metres. I think he'd be really good. But in this field, just no way. So, yeah, I think Mr. Brightside just gets the perfect sit. And he's going to be really hard to beat. Ayrton's not up to it. A tissue needs a mile and not first up. Uh, Buffalo River is probably the smoky. They want to chuck one in. Always kind of runs 
the 1400 meters at Corfu really strongly and, and still is one of these races. I think it was the, the moon, the Moonga, whatever it's called at the Caulfield in spring kind of did the same thing. So I think he'll be the kind of pest to Brightside and I, lo- I love him. I love his place price, but yeah, no, I've, I've firmly got Brightside on top and actually pretty confident, which kind of makes me sick because I don't like tipping shorties. Yeah, you are known for not tipping favourites at all. If you look at back at last year when Mr. Brightside went around, I think it came fifth in this race last year and then just went on to bloody win everything. So, Kawhi, what about you? Are you confident Mr. Brightside here? I think it just gets the, the, the race to just map out in front of him. I think, yeah, I, Chris and I spoke about the speed map in this race and between Buffalo River, Pericles and Pride of Jenny – there is some hot speed up front, and none of them really want to hand up. I mean, Pericles maybe, but Pride of Jenny and Buffalo River, they've got one way and one way only. So I don't see either of them wanting to hand up, so it's going to be a hot tempo. I don't think they will be tactically ridden. I think they'll just be going forward and hoping for the best. And if that were to be the case, I think Mr. Brightside with that draw, Barrier 4, Willow will just be... Smoking his pie, probably one out, one back, just just waiting for the splits and just go straight over the top of them. Yes, I know he's going to be riding fresh and this and the other, but his performance in the spring were enormous. Um, he probably you could probably make a case that he should have won every single one of its races um, to a certain degree, anyway. But I think Chris has made the case for most of these horses. I think I think a tissue could be a little smoky at fourteen hundred first up. I, I think it could sit off the speed and it could roll, you know, at the top of the you know the turn and then just jump out of the ground. But saying that, I think Mister Brightside is just the one to beat, and he's just the true miler in this field. Fourteen hundred first up looks perfect. Tick tick tick. Just last year, uh, this race was at. Sandown, and it was a much tougher field. There was Tuvalu, Nugget, Gentleman Roy, Jackano. I'm Thunderstruck was there before. Um, he went and miss Turath, which is the mayor, which everyone hates, but I seem to have a fond, weird thing for. But I'm the thing with the tissue co is just with um, Walla going back first up. Is he are they going to put it in the race? Like it's it's not going to be able to beat Brightside like that. So I know Brightside probably won't beat his best, but. He's going to be too good for this lot, surely. I think so. All right, Mr. Brightside on top. One thing I want to mention is Asfura. So Asfura has always been one of mine. Love the horse. It is a $2.20 favourite in the Rubiton, which is race number eight. It's a group two 1,100-metre race. Uh, $2.20, but Queen of the Ball is something I want to mention. It opened $18. It is now seven fifty. There is a two-cent deduction, so pretty much bang on that move. So 18 into 7.50, Zara aboard for the Freedmans. Uh, Ray Magnerio is there. That horse has obviously been running quite well as well. Zapateo, Hypothetical, Vivian, all them. But explain to me, Chris, Asfura or Queen of the Ball? What's the story there? Hey, I like Queen of the Ball. She's a, a good mare, runs in some really good races, and he's always kind of thereabouts. Puts herself into the race, generally settles, you know, not not a leader, but likes to settle. Like her best races have been settling in the top kind of half. But in this field, like, she, her number, if you just look at it purely her numbers, they're nothing on what Asfura did, especially last last prep. Yeah. I don't know. What about you, Koei? $2.20 favourite, you take it? I don't I mean, it's definitely the classiest 
horse in the race in terms of form and ratings and so forth because, I mean, no one else in this field, I think, as far as I'm aware, have competed in the likes of, you know, Imperatries and, the, like, we're talking like the big guns, like the, the proper group one sprinters. So a lot of these horses in this field are very progressive, you know, um, like Ray Magnerio's put a couple, strung a couple and this and the other, Mornington Glory. They've all got winning form, but they're coming out of benchmark grade and, you look at the rest of the field and it just really falls apart. So, like, the ratings don't read well when it's stepping up against someone like Esfora. Um, I could probably make a small case for maybe your Zapateo or Sweet Ride because they have that stakes-grade form. Despite not winning, they just still have that form reference and their ratings actually read well probably by comparison. But Esfora, Barrier 6, in you know, a set weights and penalties event, like, this thing could easily win a group one down the track, and it's in, well, this, I'm not going to say weak, but definitely weak in terms of a group two at Caulfield, so it just rates too well for me, and it's going to be really hard to beat. Is this the same bloke that was calling Zapateo Catateo and meowing on Wednesday when the feuds came out? Oh, definitely. I don't like the horse, but it, in terms of how it rates amongst its peers, I, I think it ra- has to be within the top four. It doesn't know how to win the horse, and it definitely drinks milk and meows, so it is a bit of a cat for me. But Look, I'm, I'm I, I, set up. Yeah. Sorry, Cody. No, but no, that's pretty much it. Like, I just think that it just doesn't – in terms of ratings and what it's competed against, like it came third behind Royal Merchant in – one of the weaker Group 1 sprints, it being the Goodwood, but it's still placed in a Group 1. So in terms of ratings and perspective, I think you have to be considerate of putting it in the top four. Are the, are, is it a case of you taking $2.20 that Mitch Aiken doesn't get lost? It, it definitely does get lost a little bit. And, yeah, there's definitely a case to be made, but it just the fact that it's drawn single digits... Um, Mitch Aiken sticks and he knows the horse extremely well track and distance specialists like I mean it loves Caulfield as for it and I think that's the biggest upside you could have and yeah it, it, it's hard to not like him I think it's just the best way I could put it whether I have my two two bids no two dollars worth on the race I don't know yet but I could just go on and on about the rest of the field just scrolling down the page and I think the stars perfectly aligned for this for it to return into a group two winner's circle. Well, the other one to mention is probably Ray Magnario, who, whose win last week was looked by the eyes was unbelievable and really, really impressive. I just haven't had time to go back and look at the times yet. It might have been helped by the tempo that day. But in saying that, it might get a similar situation here as just by the sheer pressure in weighted numbers, it might get... A, you know, a decent tempo and comes out at a decent price. So that's probably one to just mention. Definitely. And let's be honest, Barry 15 is not going to be an issue for Ray. Um, he'll be back anyway. Settle, yeah, yeah he'll be settling back and he'll just let – I'm assuming John McNeil's just going to be smoking his pipe and just biding his time. So you don't be deterred by the barrier. It's Its form is good. We saw it handle Caulfield amazingly. It'll be on top of the ground once again. If it's if it's firm, like good three again, much like last weekend, it's definitely a chance. And 
they will be rolling and bowling along up front. So there will be options. I think with the uh, the rail out to the, like the true position now, I think there will be chance for the back markers to come into play. All right, sign me up for Aspura. Um, the fact is, like Coey <laughs> said, Caulfield, Caulfield, I like it. Uh, second to Imperatrice. I think that I went back and watched that race. It was all right. Imperatrice is a freak, obviously. Beat Uncommon James. I don't know. Take it. Uh, I'm just going to mention one other, Chris, but there's a bunch of really odds-on favourites at Caulfield. I can't really go through them all, but Bold Bastille is a weird one. Not a weird one, but it's a $2 favourite. I think it's far too short. Uh, Blue Diamond, Prelude Phillies, two-year-olds. Um, it's race number seven. So is that first leg of the quad? Zaris is on board. 260 into two bucks. So two bucks flat for this horse. It's had one run, one win. Decent. Valley uh, last year. But if I'm a betting man, and I am, I doubt you're going to have the $2 favourite on top here. <laughs> nah, look. It'd be a weird day when I tried to think of like a good analogy then and I just had nothing. I was thinking like rugby league analogies. I was going to say like Tommy Turbo's played a full season the day that I'm tipping a $2 two-year-old. Uh, but I'm Paul Bastille's number from its win at Mooney Valley back in spring was unbelievable. It was really, really good. A few of the horses he beat, that she beat, came out and, and ran some really good races as well. But $2 in this field... You just there's going to be so much improvement in these in these two odds. They all feel it like they're they're all likely race. You just I, 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 you couldn't take that price. I just I can't do it. I've been waiting for this horse to return, and I've kind of got an eye on her for the Blue Diamond or the Slipper. But yeah, nah, no no two dollars for me for two odds. Jumping into two dollars, Coey. No, well, I mean I haven't dissected this race well enough, but and there's so many unknowns when it comes to two-year-olds and a lot of these horses are just, you know, just showing up, first run. We're, you know, pretty much backing it off stable money slash trial form and you just can't do that personally. Um, yeah, I can't take it. I'd rather have a bet in the Colts and Geldings race rather than the Phillies race. Yeah. Hey, has Zara come out? Zara's come out and said that, like, this is his two-year-old, so that's got to mean something. Oh, and Zara's a great, great judge, obviously. We saw that in the spring with... um. Jumping off gold trip onto without a fight, so he he knows horses inside and out. He is very very talented when it comes to selecting horses, but at the end of the day, he hasn't ridden Stormboy or the likes. So I don't know. Like the measuring stick can be really long or could be really short, depending on how many you've ridden. I think so. I don't know. It, it's hard to say and quantify for me. All right. So with the other two-year-olds, so high octanes there, two dollars sixty favorite here for the boys and girls. There's another horse earlier on, uh, race four, I think it is, Southport Tycoon. That's the horse that ran a really close second to uh, V8 a couple weeks ago or whatever. Uh, but Chris, I'm not going to go through every other race. But is there anything you want to um, make a note of throughout the other races? Yeah, how has Southport Tycoon come up that price? That is the lay of the day, surely, is it not? I'm really keen on I'm really keen on Hey Fat Cat in that race. I think he's two last two wins. Six dollars out re- to ten dollars. Yeah, that's fine. Probably out to where it should be and it shouldn't have opened ten shouldn't have opened six dollars anyways. Uh, really keen on it. I'd like it to win the Australian Guineas as well in a couple of weeks. So keen on that. That race has come up really weak. The other one probably worth mentioning is Loft, who was the one-time Melbourne Cup favourite. He makes his return from injury. 
in a trial was kind of inconclusive, just good to see him kind of stretch out. But Young Werther hit the line really well in that same trial and isn't in the same race. So probably keen on Young Werther there or Foxy Cleopatra if it can get that really easy lead and the track stays nice and firm. Uh, and then the other one I wanted to mention just quickly was down later on in the day. Uh, and this is what you've been waiting for, I think, Tanner. In the last uh, horse called Mintu Lee, it's come from Adelaide. Uh, really impressive win first up <laughs> on Heavy 10 last year and then went to Black Tight. Uh, and ran a really nice race first up at Morfordville in the wrong part of the track off of a tempo that didn't suit in its first up run at Morfordville a couple of weeks ago. So comes across if it if it runs and gets a st- uh, and and actually makes it to the races on Saturday. I feel like they they I have a weird feeling they're going to scratch and find an easy race. But it's sixty to one, uh, and I reckon it's worth having something on there. See, these things are actually quite hard to find. When Chris can go to the very last of the day, pick out the roughest horse in the field and give that a little bit of a push, it's actually not as easy as it looks to actually find horses like that. But um, bravo to you. The other, yeah? <laughs> the other favourite that I did like was in the first flash feeling, which was actually quite unlucky at Mooney Valley two weeks ago. Uh, it ran a really good race, hit the line oh, really strongly. A. Just missed. Uh, probably maps a lot better here. Uh, Willow Sticks doesn't look that strong that race either. Independent Road, which beat it that two weeks ago, has just come up a weird price. It's a it's a real nice weight swing for Flash Feeling. Uh, just Independent Road's probably gonna get stuck. It's a bit of a stickier draw, but yeah, just yeah, that's the other favourite that I was looking at. All right, cool. All right, good to see some Group One racing back. Coe, anything on Saturday that we need to touch on? whether it be Bunbury or the Gold Coast Poly, anything? No, I mean, I've just been, uh, whilst Chris has been saying it's to sense on Caulfield, I've just been looking at Caulfield the whole time. And a couple of interesting runners. I think Zip Away in that uh, Hey Fat Cat race, I think it could be a little cheeky little place multi going on it. Uh, I think just the fact that, you know, I was in Ascot when it ran in that uh, northerly and, it was really, really impressive. I know it was over the, you know, the 1800. It was its grand final, so forth. Progressive three-year-old in my eyes. And, um, yes, it's pretty hard to measure its three-year-old form from, you know, WA. But the fact that it was, you know, up against the likes of Zaki and Eastern State horses in that northerly, I think the 1400 metres, it's won that trip before. Yes, it gets a two-and-a-half kilo penalty. or sorry, one-and-a-half kilo penalty over its competition on Saturday, I think – Draws well enough, can probably sit forward-ish in a smallish field. I, I don't mind it. And then the other one in the Colts, Colts and Geldings prelude, I didn't mind stay focused. I think just the fact that the money has come for Trunk on Saturday for the two-year-olds in Sydney and this horse beat it by two lengths on debut at Geelong. Yes, it was Ge- Geelong in the early part of this month, but four weeks... Uh, five weeks in between runs, should I say. So they've wrapped it in cotton wool. Don't mind it. Barrier three, should stalk the leaders. Just needs the splits. 390, thereabouts right now. Don't mind it. All right, very good. Had a couple of bucks for it too. Stay focused, looking there. All right, that is racing. I know you're both NFL fans. Have you got a little prediction for the Super Bowl? Go to you, Chris. Anything? Oh, I'm kind of on the Niners, which is untrendy at the moment. That just better across the park. I think they'll be able to run the ball. Their defense can't play as bad as it has the last two weeks. If you look at it, 
it's the, their numbers and the way they've played the whole season have kind of been outliers and things have just matched up kind of perfectly. And I don't think the matchup is as good for the Chiefs offense here. So, yeah, I'm on the Niners. King, you like your NFL? I actually, I actually like about. unders, which is boring and no one really unders. wants to do that. But I, I quite like under 47 and a half, yeah. That's probably my tip. <laughs> Don't, oh, me. Oh, me when you collect your money. Coey? Yeah, he's giving you a tip, mate. Um, not much to add, but I want to see the Swifties lose, so I'm with the 49ers too. See the Swifties lose, yeah. Very good. All right, thank you, boys. Good to have group racing back. We'll chuck up some tips on the Saturday. If uh, I don't know if, Coey, you have any look at Canterbury tomorrow, you can whack them up. I likely won't because I won't have a look, but hope we win some, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, boys. Welcome back, Chris. Good to be back, fellas. All right, see you, boys. On you, Chris, oh. See you, boys.